0: Are we episode 10? 10, we're there already. 10 episodes though, James. It's pretty good. It
1: is, yes. And we're still talking. I was just about to say, we're still talking to one another. So that's a that's good thing. <laughs> yeah. And we have listeners. Yes.
0: <laughs> I haven't checked how many listeners we've got, actually. I meant to do that the other day. Well, I know for a fact we've got more than two. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, my wife and my mum are both listening. So.
1: Ah. I'd like to say my wife is, but she she isn't. No, she
0: know I've not listened to any of them.
1: Uh she's listened to some, I think, mm. but um she's not volunteered anything towards me. Hey, maybe we should do something that would interest her, like
0: gardening or something. <laughs> yeah. Next time we'll be just making conversation about borders. Herbaceous <laughs> or or deciduous. You decide. <laughs> bulb or not to bulb. Bulb up or bulb down? age-old question. Are you a gardening geek? Do you kneel on grass or do you use a posh cushion?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am Malcolm Childs. And I am James Giffins. And we are Just Making Conversation. The show where we discuss the ins and outs of the model-making hobby that we both love so much. From the greasy sprues to the gloss coats and everything in between, we are going to just make conversation. Remember there are other podcasts you can listen to.
0: Plastic Model Mojo. The Scale Model Podcast. Plastic Posse. On the Bench. Model Geeks. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider leaving a review or five stars as it promotes this podcast to more people
1: to enjoy. Also, consider tossing a coin to your podcaster on Patreon. It just helps us make content for you. In this episode, we'll be just making conversation about bringing your model out of the box. The trials and tribulations of adding the finer detail to your model.
0: Sometimes, the kit needs help to reach your aspirations or your vision. Photo etch or not photo etch? This is the question. Or will it be the evil, deadly resin? Kit bashing or super detailing or simply
1: out of the box? Hold your instructions tight, bring in the tweezers, have your CA glue on standby, and let's look into the detail.
0: I, I don't like calling it PE. Why don't you like calling it P? Because a photo etch is just as easy to say as P-E. Well, you know, it's less letters. But we don't say, um, oh, you're going to go down to MS today or your LMS. Uh, and if you do, can you get some T? Uh, I need some V. And if you get pick up some PBs, that would be great. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I, mean, I can understand CA glue, okay? I can understand that. But yeah, PE. I, I don't. I understand what it means, but if I'm, I i do not say it. You know, it's like saying LOL or AFK. Oh, hang on, James. BRB. But in fairness, who says laugh out loud? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Well, just a just a style modeling style. Do you say P-E? Do not say PE. An entirely new podcast that's a minute and a half talking about whether we should say pe or not. (laughs) but we are talking about pe so maybe it is relevant i did do
1: that on purpose because i wanted to um you can use that you see i know it's very clever i know it's like i've like a scripted it or something almost
0: (laughs) it's almost like you have do you say pe out loud i do I guess, if uh, for me, if it was a longer word, then, yeah, I'd understand. But PhotoEdge is just nice and short. And also, you're assuming everybody knows what you're talking about.
1: Well, it's a little bit like MS or LMS, yeah. Or V. Yes. Or LUT. Do you know what? (laughs) That's a great opener. Yeah. That's MO. So, Malcolm. back to the subject yes. out of the box do you like to be out of the box or do you like to, or do you like to think outside the box i am of
0: the persuasion that remains firmly within the box most of the time and i would say that's probably down to financial restraints uh, a kit for me is expensive adding the extra bits and pieces that i might need to make it an even more detailed kit mostly out of my price range mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be, you know, you're spending more on the extra aftermarket parts than you are the kit, oh. and that just hurts my tight checkbook. Uh-huh. However, uh, if you're building something that necessarily needs that, or if you're building something very, very special, maybe you're building something for it as a gift for somebody, or you're building something for a museum, or or you're building something that means a lot to you and you want to up that level of detail, and I, and I probably would invest in some photo etch. And now I'm thinking about it, I do like the luxury of having a masking set. Would you call that out of the box?
1: Well, uh, in some cases
0: it is in the box, but in most cases not. Yeah, I would, I would say it was an aftermarket thing, having some masking. Mm. And just because it's just so much better um, than cutting your own masks, I find. Uh, Having something that's already pre-made and pre-worked out digitally and then cut properly and perfectly, um, it just looks so much better um, than anything that I could do manually. So I would say that I would use a masking set. Um, But uh, uh, if I was going to open up panels and things like that on, on aircraft or show the electronics, then I guess I would probably scratch build those bits and pieces with... Little bits of card and little bits of plastic. and mm-hmm. I don't think I'd go the whole hog of actually getting the proper aftermarket stuff. I like to just have a bit of representation of detail in those kind of areas.
1: In your history of builds, hmm. uh, you like a bit of scratch building anyway, don't you? Yeah, I do. So, So realistically, if you're going to open up a panel to show some internals that you could replicate yourself, you would find more enjoyment of doing that than you would money to one side but you'd find more enjoyment of doing it yourself rather than purchasing the, the item.
0: Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if money was no object, then yeah, I probably would like to do all that, little extra little bits and pieces. Kind of just uh, tips the model over the edge a bit in terms, uh, you know, obviously in terms of detail. And I quite enjoy that little kind of extra bits and pieces that you can see. Mm. You know, if you're looking around the model, go, oh, look, the door's open or, oh, look, they've left the keys in it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just something that it's nice, extra little bit. Obviously, if it's in flight, then I'll have the doors closed. And mm. if it's a submarine, the hatches shut, don't they? So, generally, mm, hopefully, if it's coming back up,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it would be going down, wouldn't it? If you have the hatches open, well, if it was coming back up, it would have the hatches shut. If it wasn't coming back up and going down and staying down, then it, they would be open. Yeah,
0: I get, I, I get
1: you. Yep, yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me personally i'm glad you asked um
0: <laughs> i'm not gonna ask i'll leave it in once we've finished i could extra record say so, hey james please you too tell me
1: uh, <laughs> your thoughts on this this is the danger of being funny while we're recording is because i don't do the editing so i could stitch myself right up anyway um <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't do that to you
0: i want you to keep coming back <laughs> you, yeah, you would think course. about it though I know you would why <laughs> sent me a raw copy going
1: did this what do you think
0: <laughs> <laughs> the copy that I send you is not always the copy that I've made for my own personal enjoyment <laughs>
1: <laughs> I share your sentiments to be honest Again, yeah, you're right. It's down to finances and, mm. and and confidence as well, confidence in in kit buying, if that makes sense. Because I'm mm. I'm just thinking over the last probably year or so, two years maybe. Yeah, I should imagine some of the kits, more of the kits that I bought have had photo etch and and masks and resin wheels or. Bits and pieces. I can literally count on one finger a kit that I've actually gone mental on for for aftermarket, which was the HK B seventeen. Got most of the art aftermarket for that. Mm. And you're right. It, you know, it, it soon adds up without without question. Yeah. In general terms, I don't I don't research an awful lot of of what I'm building. I just build what I fancy building. The need for me to super detail isn't really there. It's either a subject that I'm not familiar with at all. Or I'm familiar because I've seen it in books or films or something, but that's almost it. I would say in most of the builds yeah. that I've, I've made, I can think of a couple of things that have a special interest to me, but um, again, I haven't got the manual for them. I'm, g- I'm going to do what you did last episode. Is um, I'm going to suddenly realise that I'm actually talking out of my hand, or one of a better phrase, yeah, and the reason I'm saying that is because I'm looking <laughs> at my my shelf of <laughs> reference material. But there is one particular subject that I have got four books on, which Mm. is the Flowercast Corvette. But that's something which I really like.
0: Ah. Podcast bingo, everybody. He's mentioned the Flowercast Corvette, so strike that off. (laughs) Um, I remember when you were talking about the mines, the hedgehog mines, and you found extra detail that wasn't on the kit. Yes. So you painted it extra on. Would you call that aftermarket stuff? Because that's not... In the instructions. So anything that's not in the instructions would technically be out of the box.
1: Well it's not out of the box. If you don't follow the instructions and you don't use what's in the box, I guess. Um the the term out of the box means what's in the box is what you use. Hmm. A photograph or reference book, I don't really think is aftermarket, is it really? It's just being a bit more mindful of what you're building. It's not aftermarket, but it's not It's not
0: in the box, yeah. You're right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. If you put any weathering on anything and it doesn't say to do it in the instructions, then it's not out of the box. So I'm thinking now actually everything I've ever made (laughs) is not out of the box. Unless you're building something for Airfix to display or for Revel to display, then that's out of the box. Professional model makers who make the kits to show the photographs, they would make
1: it out of the box. Now, we've both tripped ourselves up on this, haven't we? Yeah, we didn't think it through we didn't think it through but do you think most modelers have that same thought process of out of the box i will follow the instructions and i will use humbrol acrylic paints because that's what airfix tells me to use yeah there are differences in in model
0: makers there are the weekend model makers if you like who pick up a kit and build it as is stick it on the shelf and and done and that's their, their time and they don't think about the hobby anymore and then there are the enthusiasts, I would say, that want to take it at another level. Like if I was building something with my uh, daughter or something, I would build it out of the box. i say, right, it's painted red. Mm. It's a red arrow. Stick it on the shelf. It's done.
1: Yeah, so basically we're talking about building a model out of the box in the simplest form, aren't we? Hmm. But that's sort of what I alluded to earlier, is that to buy aftermarket for a particular kit, the other kits that right. I bought, I've been a bit more smarter in what I've bought. So, for example, I can think of a couple of Edward kits that I've bought okay. which have got masks and photo etch.
0: <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I've got you saying photo etch. Every time you say
1: PE, I'm just going to edit it in. <laughs> um, and I think that, again, like I alluded to the fact that I thought that was a little bit down to confidence. Mm. The confidence to, to add those finer details – also, with on the flip side of that as well, is that um, not all photo etch is just um, plain photo etch. Sometimes it's painted for you as well.
0: Yeah, it's true. I, I love the photo etch that has... It's the two-layer one. So we're talking about um, instrument mm. panels. The instrument panels will be cut out, mm. the holes, you know, where the dials will go. And then the back plate behind that is the dials themselves. So it gives you that depth of dial, um, which is awesome. <laughs>
1: And while we're talking about depth of dials at the end of last year, come three D printed details yeah. as well, uh, or decals, which I haven't managed to get my hands on, but I'm quite itching to get hold of one. Yeah, because they look awesome. So is that uh, decals with a bit of texture, a bit of relief to them? Um, no, the the well, it's difficult. I've seen it, and that it's all one thing. It's not uh, layers that you have to put in. If you know what I mean? Are they just embossed it though? Well, I've watched about four or five different reviews on them, and and I clearly haven't listened because I can't answer the question. Hmm,
0: okay. Well, I don't either. I've heard people talk about them, and I've seen pictures of
1: them, but I don't know. You're right. I don't know how they're manufactured. I think that's the, the exciting part of that particular product is that the boundaries are continuously being pushed, and new avenues are being found as to how to provide the detail that modelers want to make. Not everybody, but there, are, there, mm. there is a good market there for it. Some modellers, I think both of us fit into this category. We would look at at this potentially and go, "Oh, it's very nice," but I, I, don't, I haven't really got the money for that. But I could possibly find a way of changing the cockpit of my one thirty second aircraft to be more realistic if I wanted to, and, and I would go off and find a way of doing it.
0: Oh, that's another reason to go out of the box. It's to fix, shall we say, a kit. Fix an
1: kit error, yes.
0: It was a sword Harrier, a T2 I was building once, and the intakes were wrong. It was recommended on the internet to buy this certain type of intakes. And this was a gift for somebody, This this Harrier. And... So I just blindly bought them. So I fixed them on and everything. I couldn't see a difference. I'm sure there was a vast difference, but I couldn't see it. And they'd obviously be designed to fit this particular kit, and they were very well made. It's quite a joy to put them on. But yeah, it's not something I normally do. And that had a photo etch cockpit as well, if I remember rightly. I think it was possibly one of the first times I've actually put any photo etch on, because I remember thinking, I have to remove the detail that the kit has to put on no detail that the aftermarket photo etched
1: has. If this goes wrong, I've got nowhere to go at all, because I've just sanded all the detail off to stick your thing on that doesn't stick on there.
0: (laughs) I mean, it meant that I didn't have to worry so much about painting it the right colour, because it was already pre-coloured, this photo etch I had. I guess there's no real cheating, but it just felt like, oh, I just get that and I stick it on,
1: a bit like my mask's. That i use mm. i would challenge you on that because if you if you buy your masks and you do your cockpit and it goes wrong there's nothing to blame other than the fact you stuck that mask on incorrectly yeah that's right yeah whereas if you do it yourself it's still frustrating and it's still a case of do i rip the whole off and start again but it's a case of what well, the best i could do because i could that's all i could do on that on that one
0: git. i like doing the mask because it's just easier and I can guarantee a good result, and I don't have to put a scalpel anywhere in the ear. That would take me forever to sand out. I guess you know you're doing a Lancaster. I recommend you get a mask. <laughs> don't spend all the time cutting all the little tiny details out. That's what I would do. But everyone's everyone's different.
1: <laughs> I said it that way on purpose because that was very much my mindset was. Masks. Who wants masks? How stupidly! How can you not just do a camouflage scheme with a bit of blue tack or, or any other sort of? Yeah, you know, how ridiculous! And I ordered something from Hannon's, right? And I inputted the wrong number, and I got a set of masks. Oh. <laughs> funny enough, to do the camouflage. And after I used my I went. Oh yeah, now I get it now. It's so much easier, and they are <laughs> recycled in back in its little box. <laughs> Oh, how did how did you feel about that? Oh, I've, I've, not the canopy, the paintwork, everything. Everything's in that in that kit. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: Wow. Well, I think I only got into masks because they bought a, a second hand kit off a model club friend. It was a Ju eighty eight, and if you know that aircraft, then there's lots of panels of glass, and there was a mask set he had bought, and it was in there, and I'd never used masks before, so I'll give it a go. And yeah, I'm not going to ever go back because the the look that you can get is almost perfect. You know, could, could I use that same approach with photo etch? I don't know. Kind of feels, uh, I don't know. I understand what the similarities would be. You just stick the photo etch on, it's done. You don't have to worry about detailing, it's done. I don't have to worry about the colour because it's done. So I can see the point of why people use it.
1: I can see the point of it. The, the problem I have is when you go down the road of very small boats and it's um, got 13 different pieces of photo etch to create a, a pom-pom gun that, that's two millimeters wide or something. My eyes wouldn't be able to cope with that. Am I really going to notice the difference between plastic and photo etch? For me personally, unless it's not painted, I probably wouldn't notice, I guess. It does take a good
0: bit of craftsmanship and skill and a steady hat, doesn't it, to make these things out of photo etch. Oh. You and I got a mutual friend, Lewis, and he makes Mm. a lot of weaponry and these pom-pom guns um, out of photo etch, and they look incredible.
1: How he manages to do that, I don't know,
0: but that's just his thing. It's what he likes. Mm.
1: Well, it's it's like most things, isn't it? It's the challenge of the process Mm. of which... Brings you the pleasure from the hobby. I mean, I was watching someone who's got a 172nd U boat, it's by Ravel, it's got a ton load of photo etch. Uh, and he's shown me the instructions the of how to do the hatch cover. He's not do it with the hatches open, is he? I have explained the principle of submarines to him, so he has the option. Okay. In this hatch, mm. he showed me this. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing, that's really cool. Anyway, yeah, that's just the inside of the hatch. like, right this is the outside of the hat right so if you have the hat shut are you gonna yeah but it's gonna be shut the way the photo edge works is you can have it so you can open or shut it anytime you want (laughs) and i was like yeah okay that's quite impressive but wow yeah i'd never say never i think i've i've learned that lesson Mm. not for you i would have to have an incredibly large pocket full of change and a very large swear box
0: Hmm. If you were going to make a diorama of the top of a submarine just popped out through the ice, as they call it the um, the tu- not tundra, the <laughs> popping out of the top of the tundra. It's popped out, hello. hello. <laughs> you know, when they the ice-breaking submarines, whatever they are, they kind of disappear, don't they? Yeah. yeah, they pop out of the ice. That's right. Yeah, ice popping submarines. Yeah. So say you were going to do a diorama that, you might want to super detail that particular hatch because that's where everyone's eyes are going to be. Oh, yeah. But if you're building an entire submarine,
1: I mean, well, each to their own, I suppose. Talking about popping out of hatches in ice water, <laughs> I'm now <laughs> thinking of super detailing. Well, should you do that? And obviously, we've concentrated an awful lot on faux edge yeah. thus far. Super detailing is something in which you can do that's potentially you could argue is within the box. I know that because that's maybe that's a bit out there so using the same submarine right i thought we were talking about a moment ago um one of the mm-hmm. things you can do for a bit of extra detail for your submarine is that obviously mm-hmm. along the the sides of a submarine are lots of vent holes there are lots of parts of the submarine in which you can look all the way through which is up near the top part of the deck and the um tubey things are for the gil <laughs> all. The words are torpedo tubes, but I like the pew-pew holes. Yes, the pee pew holes. Now, obviously, in the kit, it's uh, moulded so that they are there, but they're not open. Would you, you've got something in the region of 300 of these things, would you drill them out to make them look right, or would you leave it as it is?
0: I would. I would argue that you would. I always drill out my gun barrels, <laughs> but I don't know if I could be bothered to drill out 300. Holes. If you had a Dremel uh or a handheld sorry uh handheld uh uh electric drill Oh no, this is this is not with the aid of
1: electricity. <laughs> oh I'm really out of the box. <laughs> Off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> no internet, no podcast. Oh my god, what a world. <laughs> would, I? would I? Would I would I yeah I don't think so. It wouldn't take long. No, it doesn't take too long. And uh the reason I sort of went, Oh when you said Dremel is that if you use a Dremel on that particular kit for those particular holes, you will end up with a very big hole um, because uh, most of the Dremels run at such a uh, too fast a speed. Uh, they melt the plastic as you drill, and it's, don't do that. Um, it's a bit laborious, uh, nice big word, uh, to use your pin vise drill, but you've got a lot more control over it and uh, you won't um, muck it up. Do you own um, a Dremel? Do you use one? I tried it on that same kit um oh. on low speed oh. on, on one of the vent holes oh. and um <laughs> yeah i put it away quite quickly after that oh i've used it for doing bullet holes so <laughs> mm. yeah, you
0: might be right uh, bullet holes wherever they fall they will appear and they don't have to be perfectly round
1: so yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> The other side of the coin in which we really do need to recommend, maybe, is that a quick out-of-the-box build is really, really good to get your juices flowing and getting you to the point where you may have faltered from previously. By that, I mean uh, you're building your Fokker D5. What did you call me? A Fokker D5. Oh, yeah. You're getting all hufty puffy about it because you can't quite get it how you want it to look. Um, and you put it to one side, and you pull out uh, a Meng Toon tank, for example. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna correct myself after I've said this. Um, there's not really a lot of that you can stick on the Toon tank. Oh, hold your horses!
0: <laughs> you can upgrade your Sherman to the uh, the cows come home, which I don't know when that is, but I, I hear it's late. <laughs> you can get the figures for them that are also in that. Kind of cheaply style, you can get all sorts of bits and pieces. I think as soon as a kit comes out, you know, people can make these things, can start working on aftermarket parts for it, mm-hmm. it seems. Talking about aftermarket things, I always get confused by, you know, oh, Airfix have just released this thing, or Revel have just released this. Oh, and by the way, you can also buy the aftermarket kit for it. So, how? How? <laughs> how, mm-hmm. how do they do that? There must be something going on.
1: Edward aren't far behind, are they? With their, uh, is it Brazim? These are separate companies. So, how do yeah, they yeah.
0: work? How does that happen? I don't know if there's some sort of intercompany something or other going on.
1: Oh, I would think companies talk between themselves and uh, they're aware of what projects they may or may not be working on. Because let's face it, the molds seem to be shared quite easily between company to company. So, I'm sure there's there's a lot of discussion. Like, for example, HK brought out that B17. The aftermarket was two weeks, three weeks behind it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: It's kind of a, it's kind of a strange relationship, isn't it? Um, uh, There are people that prefer to have resin wheels, so they're going to know they're going to do resin wheels all day long, which also then would bring into account, well, maybe we should do the undercarriage as well, because uh, that can all go in. That's two products. They know they're building it so they can make that. Yeah. If a company are bringing out a product, yeah, a B seventeen, for example, and they're going with an early type. Yeah, there may be modifications that that a company can bring out as an aftermarket thing to go out with that kit too. Yeah, but I should imagine a lot of it's kept secret. Interesting. I'd like to know. I want to find out now. Yes, industry insiders, let us know. Send us a personal message. Tell us. Tell us the goss
0: is it done by spies i reckon i'd like to imagine it's someone with binoculars looking through
1: the window <laughs> no i go that a little bit further i think it's like loads of little james bonds <laughs> they go down to their queue and they're issued with special toys to spy on the other other bottle makers little drones what scale are they
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking tonight I don't know, but I'm going to have another puff of it.
1: (laughs) The one thing that's definitely not in the box is a bit of kit bashing. I mean, where you would potentially take two kits and put them as one, or maybe take a part of a kit and scratch build a whole load of stuff to make it something completely different. A great example of this would be a Spitfire. For example, the the main fuselage being mounted to a 4x4 chassis. How cool.
0: Mm. Can't you get a kit like that?
1: I think there is a kit out like that now.
0: (laughs) Weird. Isn't that like maybe a bit of history involved in the Messerschmitt cockpit being used as a car, the canopy, you know? Potentially, yeah. I think maybe
1: it is. I, I think it's like an apocalypse thing, isn't it? Uh, Mad Max, for example, has a truck that's got a beetle cutting off Uh-oh. and stuck at the end of a tanker. Two front bits are stuck on the side of the tanker.
0: Talking about out-of-the-box and kit-bashing, then lots of
1: sci-fi stuff is how it's made? You think of most of the Star Wars, well, any spaceship you can think of, they have a box of greeblies, which are basically all the bits left from a dragon kit. <laughs>
0: Tamiya kits, mostly. The half of the Mino Falcon is, is just from Tamiya Formula One kits and tanks and stuff. Mm. And, and you can still see them today.
1: And if you're very lucky, this top tip... James's top tips. Watch out when you go to a model show. Watch out when you're going around the, some of the vendors, because there was last time I went to Telford, one of the retailers had at the side of their tent humongous boxes of sprues they were just all muddled up together uh, and you could have four for a five or whatever and it's well worth doing all right. as it happens i spent much more than i expected to <laughs> as i rummaged <laughs>
0: Yeah, bits boxes. Uh, people keep bits boxes, don't they? Little tubs of all their sprues and bits and pieces yeah. and chuck them together um, for all sorts of bits and pieces. You know, Greeblies and stuff, they call them, don't they? Yeah. But not just of sci-fi, you know. If you need something to give a bit of impression of detail inside the, a tank or something, as the hatch is open, you pop something in there. It's not going to be accurate, but it looks like something is there, which is is quite important if you're, you're doing your sort of smaller scales. Hmm. I remember watching scale model medic. I think it was talking about putting something on the glove box just to increase the amount of detail that there was there. And I think he just used like a cylinder or something from another kit. Um, And it just made it look a little bit better. It looked a little bit mm, detailier. Detailier. Hmm. A a
1: little bit more of interest.
0: Yes. The word. Thank you. Uh I remember like making piles of junk for a a diorama was doing and just kind of crawling through the bits box that I had and all sorts of bits and pieces in there, you know, like uh, steering wheels and and door handles and bomb fins. People would say, oh, is that a... Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) That was good fun. Lots of fun.
1: Yeah, it's amazing Uh, how many people pick out those bits and pieces as well.
0: And you certainly can see them on Star Wars builds. Interestingly, I read recently that Star Wars, uh, the designers for the spaceships, they would use their Greeblies and their extra bits and pieces to give it that look. But Star Trek, they don't have Greeblies. They have a much more slicker outer hull Mm. on most of their uh, ship designs, obviously not the Borg no there's not lots and lots of detail on the outside, and so what they did is they used different panel sizes of slightly different paints with slightly different right. pearlescence and metallics in them to give the uh, impression of different panels uh, and detail rather than having actual bits stuck on them, mm. which is out of the box, I suppose We going to a mask set for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's possible to go too far with your super detailing? Can you buy an aftermarket set for an aftermarket set?
1: Oh, Uh, no, is the short answer. I don't think you can buy an aftermarket set to go onto an aftermarket set. However, I can certainly see potential for you to really get lost in the detail very easily, especially with dioramas from my own experience, if I'm honest, more than anything else. But... You are telling a story with a model, but you're setting the scene because that's what the diorama is, is the scene. And you can go completely off track with it, your detailing to, for example, building a, a corner of a ruined house for your tiger tank to sit next to. And then you sit there and you think to yourself, well, do you know what? It'd be really cool if we had um, a bathroom in there. <laughs> oh, is this the taps? Uh, yeah. You can then scratch build your bath. You, you can scratch build your taps. <laughs> Uh, you can scratch build the hinges of the doors, mm-hmm. the catches on the windows. Mm, yep, There isn't anything that you can't add to it if you want to.
0: But that's quite fascinating for the viewer, isn't it? Because I remember seeing doll's houses. Uh-huh. You look in and go, oh, that's well, doll's house. Hang on, wow, the, it's got the cord on the side of the telephone. And hang on a minute, it's got the plug, and that lamp is plugged in. There's a bulb in the lamp. (laughs) You keep kind of looking through and and realizing all the little tiny, tiny extra little bits that are really quite fun to see. And obviously, you know, they take a long time to make. But the doll's house I'm thinking of that I saw, there was no narrative. It was just, Mm. look at this house that you could have as a plaything. And it's been detailed to the nth degree. a joy to look at, but it didn't didn't say anything. And I guess with your tiger diorama, what you're trying to depict is the use of the vehicle in combat. Perhaps, you know, some figures in there. So you have a human element to war, whether it's got taps or not in the bath. Does it matter? Does it make a difference putting those taps on and
1: having the hot and cold the right way around? <laughs> it depends on what story you're trying to tell. A good dioramaist, Dioramaist. 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 It's not a word I've made it and it's sticking. As it's like wow. airist from the other podcast. Yeah, Yeah, a good dioramist (laughs) has the art of telling a story within a story within a story. Mm. So uh, it depends, obviously, on the size of the diorama and the subject matter and and the story. So it can be as simple as the the title of the piece is something in which tells you what the story is about but also has a second meaning Mm. or um, things where... People might go, oh, look at that. There's a hole in the wall behind the bath, and there's a rat in the wall. Stuff like that. Mm. Um, and the rat has a piece of cheese. Yes. Uh, and the cheese is mm. in the kitchen. Yeah. And look at that irate chef looking for his cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Now, they do call that something, but I can't think what it's called. It's not a gooseberry. Gooseberry? <laughs> <laughs> a raspberry? No, it's something else. It's oh, going to annoy me. Answers on a postcard. I
0: guess it just beefs up your story with other backstories, I assume.
1: It makes someone stand there and look at your diorama, your piece of work, longer. Oh, I see. (laughs) It Mm. makes them look at your diorama Mm. because, I mean, I've been at model shows numerous times where someone has said, oh, did you see such and such on that model? No. No. So they go back and have a look. When they realise that there's uh, different elements to it, people do stand and take the time to find them. Yeah. Because they are interested. I'm thinking of Robert Blocker in uh, Belgium. He is a very keen eye for those little nuggets where you have a story within a story. One of his World War I builds that he did not that long ago, great build, he made some rats. And the rats had a link to the subject, if I remember correctly, it was an armoured vehicle of some description. Was it called a rat? No, might have had a nickname of something similar, rodent. I, I can't remember. One no. of the main characters that, that didn't look like he was the main character, but he was, was uh, Right. When you realise that's what it was, blatantly right, obvious, yeah. it's Baldrick. Easter egg. There we go. That's what it is. It's called an Easter egg within a diorama. There's an awful lot of modelers out there that love to put a little Easter egg in their models. People that look at the dioramas that shows they know are linked to a particular modeler, so they'll look for the Easter eggs. That's cool. Easter eggs. I like that idea. Mm. You know, There isn't a written rule that you have to have one within a piece. You can have several. I won't talk long about this. I'd made a diorama of a quite substantial ruined building, which had three floors. The first floor was done. Second floor was, oh, I'll I'll put a little bit more detail. The third floor was, like, super overthought. But, obviously, I wanted to do the whole building like that because I found these different techniques and different things that I could do to make it interesting. Yeah, it it can be fun, and you can get sucked into it real, real real quick. Uh, You can
0: go on forever, couldn't you? All different decal sets and all sorts of things. Mm. We were talking earlier on about uh, cockpits and putting photo etch in and was it worth it. One of the things I'd like to talk about in terms of aftermarket is wheels that have weight to them. So they're flat, only at the bottom, of course. Mm. But it gives it the heft. Why? 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 don't model manufacturers put those into their kits. If you're given the option of having wheels down, why won't it look like it's got the weight of the vehicle on the wheels? And why do do aftermarket manufacturers have to make wheels that have the weight on them? Obviously, there are manufacturers out there and models out there that have the wheels with the weight, which is great. It just boggles me. I wondered if uh, you
1: you felt as strongly as I do. Um I bought a a tank, the 135th, within full interior, right? And you're like, oh, that's cool. It's going to have everything I want in it. But there's a photo etch kit comes out after it to make it look better. Well, hang on. I've just spent the money on a full interior tank. I expect it to look pretty good. You know, why is there that option? Why, you know, if I've chosen a kit that gives me the hyper detail, once I've done the interior, I'm never going to see it again. So the the question is, do you need Foto edge? Not really. I don't think I should be adding more to it. It should be all there. Do you think it should come with it? I think the detail needs to be adequate enough for me not to want or need to buy another product mm. to make it look better. One particular
0: manufacturer might
1: just say, "This here's your tank, it's a good representation,
0: and off you go. Another manufacturer say, here's your tank, it's a good representation of all of the variants, and you can make all of those variants, and also all the interior, oh. if you wanted to. Now, of course, they would have different price ranges, and they would be marketed to different types of modelers. But yeah, well, maybe you need to suck it up. If you want the extra detail, then you've got to go
1: that extra mile. Absolutely. Going back to the B-17, I totally understand why, I want to upgrade what I've got. I've got a good model. Uh, The detail inside could be better. And I choose to upgrade. And I understand why I have to buy seven or eight different packs because, you know, I've got the nose, I've got the cockpit, I've got the belly, I've got the rear gunner, I've got this and I've got that. Mm -hmm. I understand that. That, That's all fine. And it's not that the the B-17, for example, is not marketed as this is the be all and end all B-17 ever. You will never need to buy anything else with it. I get that too. But the same degree, looking at the, the price packet, you're sort of looking at it and thinking, well, I shouldn't really need to do that. Is this the
0: same manufacturer bringing out the aftermarket? No. Ah, I see. Because if it was the same manufacturer, then I would be on your side waving that uh, pitchfork <laughs> as well.
1: I sound like a moaning about it. I'm not really. It's made by Hong Kong Models. It's a good kit. The detail is, is quite good. There are a few mistakes and bits and pieces in it, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. That you know, unless you really know your stuff. And again, with that, it's the interior side of it. You can't really see it, right? Well, they're probably in the same boat, aren't they, as us? Does it does wind me up. The same with decals. You know, there are so many different variants of, of decals you could have on any subject. And you go to shows, mm-hmm. and you, you've got someone selling just boxes upon boxes next to each other of decals, generally in an order of some description. But obviously, once you've had like mm-hmm. when you're in a show where there's thousands of people, and you've had three or four people go through a box, it's never in the right order. <laughs> never. Well, That would be someone's job, wouldn't it? Someone's
0: work experience job to put your decals oh, back into uh, order.
1: Yeah, I, I'm all right for tea at the moment. Sort the of decals. It always <laughs> amazes me. But the great, they're the they're the things that I think are great online because you can look and you can sit there while you're in the front room giving your wife the complete attention in which she deserves whilst scrolling through your phone looking at decals. Do you browse for decals, or do you think, I need that particular
0: decal, I need to go and get that decal
1: now? Personally, the only time I ever get aftermarket decals is I've seen something and I want to achieve a certain look. For example, the kit that I've got, I don't want to do that same one because everyone will build that same one, so I'm going to build a different one. The number of the, the item is got one digit different in the number with a slightly different colour scheme. Um, so I need some numbers now. doesn't come with alternative numbers. That's what the kit is. That is what it is. What about um, uh, a mask for it Just spray it on? You can You can make your mask and you can make those sort of decals. If you've got a, a normal printer and some special paper, it's not rocket science, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> and there we have it. <laughs> exactly that i mean it's the same as washes i can make washes but i choose to go to a company that buy clay washes mm. it's horses for courses so i do i do i do get it i do get the old but there are some times where you just think i'm gonna say why don't you just put that in a kit to start with
0: one of the things that i find interesting is the airfoil airflow pointers <laughs> makes sense on a hawk for instance they're quite prominent they're like little tiny little extra wings sticking up on the wings that are like little tiny rudders okay if you like um and they're just to direct the airflow yeah. and i guess increase aerobatic ability and they're incredibly thin on the actual aircraft you know they're just one slice of metal thin and they're recreated on on a model obviously there's a limit to the thinness of can be modeled so they usually come out quite fat and if they were a scale thickness they would be like mm-hmm. bricks on the wings you know and i can understand why people would go that extra length just because of that uh, it's not something i would do because it, it wouldn't bother me about the thickness of the fins but uh, i can mm-hmm. see why it would bother others
1: oh yeah i mean it's, it's like um uh, it's like our friend steph yeah he used to be a, an armorer. I've heard him several times complain that the painting instructions of missiles on different bits and pieces are incorrect. And, and that's not right. And that or that would never happen like that. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, so in that sense, yes, you would want something aftermarket to change the shape or something. I remember talking to a guy who was building a, a warrior um, from Iraq. And he had the kit. He was talking about, uh, oh, it's a really nice kit. But as he was looking through the sprues, he realized that the filters were wrong. They weren't, they weren't the proper filters. There were different types of filters. And so you're going to scratch build those new filters or you're going to buy them as resin aftermarket pieces or you're going to suck it up and stick them on. Oh. I think you end up scratch building them, which is quite cool.
1: Super detailing can bring a whole new aspect to the hobby with researching reference material for your subject or finding that something different. By
0: adding that little detail to your model, It brings the chance to learn a new skill, develop a better understanding of your modeling subject, as well as increasing your confidence. Sometimes simple is better. By sticking to an out of the box experience, you can use it to refloat your mojo, or simply just knock one out. It's not always about the detail. You have been listening to Just Making Conversation with James Giffins and Mountain Childs. Follow us on Facebook where we post photos, updates and other nonsense. Just let us know what you are making and what your thoughts are on the conversation on this episode. We have to thank our supporters who we dearly appreciate. Please support us in any way you can by sharing to Facebook or supporting us on our patreon.com.
1: Next time we'll just be making conversation about older kits. Are they out of date? So it's a goodbye from me. That's a goodbye from me. Bye. Bye bye.